It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome in, everybody. Uh, first Monday of uh, April. And we've got uh, the national championship game tonight. They're playing for the chip tonight. So we'll see how uh, all of that uh, goes. We'll get into some of that in a little bit. Uh, we've got uh, some of the uh, continued fallout uh, from the women's championship game, which uh, has really been in the news for Caitlin Clark's great performance. And then all of the... Uh, reaction to the smack talk after so we'll get into some of that today lost in all of that is the fact that they actually saw uh lsu with a pretty historic performance when winning a title uh, i think a lot like that game last night i think tonight could get very very ugly but we'll uh we'll dive into it a little bit later on uh here on the pj show we're also going to have a report uh our pirate report later on in the program and uh that will be uh centering around ECU football, who had uh, a second scrimmage inside of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Uh, much uh, improved percentage throwing the football for the great um, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, great young quarterback, uh, Mason Garcia, for the Pirates. Also, Cookie's going to have an update. He actually has a huge rundown of everything that happened in ECU sports over the weekend. Woo! And uh, a major bit of news for some ECU alumni. One hit a home run and another hit a home run in the respective money made. So Cookie with an update coming up a little later in the show with all of that uh, going on. Cookie, you well otherwise? Yeah, I'm doing good. Botched WrestleMania last night, and, you know, it's a great day. Sun's shining, the birds are chirping. There you go. Yeah. Well, good for you. Good for you. Um, so we have the uh, Pirate Baseball uh, tough, tough loss uh, yesterday with the ball going down the uh, foul line and hitting off the, uh, the foul pole. It was a home run. I mean, it literally was a foot. The guy hit a hell of a, a pitch. I mean, the pitch was away. and. Uh, so the Houston batter uh, puts it out. Pirates couldn't get the bats going and generate any more runs after that point, and uh, there they are uh, dropping the opening series to the Houston Cougars. Every uh, week we talk with uh, Coach Cliff Godwin. It's our Inside the ECU Clubhouse segment with uh, Coach G, and uh, he's with us now on the phone. Coach wanted to uh, just get your thoughts before we dive into some of the individual uh, moments, just uh, get your thoughts on kind of how the whole uh, weekend went as a whole. Well, we just didn't play good baseball this week. Um, we played four games. We lost three of them. Um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I know Pirate Nation's probably freaking out, but um, when you don't show up ready to play with intent and energy every day uh, and play your best baseball, I mean, every team in the country has a chance to beat you, and 
Houston is a tough place to play, not because they have a ton of fans or anything like that. We just historically have never played great there. Um, and we answered that bell just like we normally have. And um, it doesn't help that Will Coxon was hurt this weekend and Sailor's still down. So, um, you know, we need to play better baseball, and we will. And like I said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And we played bad baseball for one week, not one month. So uh, we'll be fine, and we're going to practice today and get ready for the Wolf Pack tomorrow night. Pirates uh, will open an eight-game homestand when NC State comes in uh, tomorrow. Coach, with the Will Coxon injury, uh, is there any idea how long he may be unavailable to you? Yeah, I would say he's definitely probably unavailable tomorrow. Um, I mean, keeping our fingers crossed, hopefully he'll be ready for Thursday, but not 100% sure. Coach, how do you think Ryan McChrystal uh, physically did, and, and uh, you know how, was, how, was, how would you assess his performance kind of being thrown into the fire this weekend? Um, he, he did fine. You know, there's some things he needs to work on, like every player on our team. But, um, you know, he's just not as good defensively right now as Will Coxon. Um, he has the ability to be, but, you know, J-Dub is a fourth-year player. Ryan's a second-year player. And Ryan missed time early in the season because of an injury, and he's really playing through uh, an injury, but just able to manage the pain. And I just let – left Youngs for PT on my knee, and, you know, McChrystal was next to me on the table. So uh, a lot of work goes into just maintaining him to be able to go out there and play baseball every day. Coach, uh, Friday to Saturday, uh, did you feel the at-bats got better in the game Saturday, game one to game two? I feel like the whole team was more prepared to play on Saturday. Um, we were ready to play. I felt like Friday, we had really good practice on Wednesday and Thursday, and Friday – it was a night game, and I guess they laid around the hotel too long and just lethargic. And, of course, just Savage always gives us a great start, and we had a lead. And, um, you know, the bullpen's been so great for us, and we couldn't hold the lead, but we didn't do enough offensively. We didn't play great defense. I mean, Friday night's game, we didn't score five runs. Uh, we gave up more than three, and we made three errors, I think, if my mm-hmm. memory serves me correctly. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you don't win any of the categories, you're going to lose. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it is. So, um, and, but Saturday, I thought we were more prepared to play. And yesterday, kind of the same thing where it took something bad to happen for us to make an error and then hit a home run and be down three nothing before we actually woke up and started playing baseball. And, you know, to our guys credit, they battled back, got a lead. And unfortunately, the guy hits the three run homer, three two, two outs and, it's it off the foul pole. So, um, but um, it's a learning experience for us, and we'll get better from it. Uh, Groves goes five innings yesterday, and uh, you know, by and large, of course, the fifth is when, well, the third and the fifth allowed those runs. But uh, you know, it's kind of assess his outing. You know, solid outing, I would say. But what do you what say you on that? Uh, he definitely didn't uh, have his best stuff. Um, I think he pitched awesome to probably have his C stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, really, he gave up one earned run. I mean, it was the third out of the inning that we make, in my opinion, a pretty routine play turned into an error. Um, and the next guy hits a home run. So instead of it being one nothing and we're running off the field, it's three nothing. Mm-hmm. And, um, then Starling puts together a great at bat and hits a jack. So we get, you know, something on the board immediately. 
uh, which gave us some momentum. But like I said, we, we get, came back, battled back, and took the lead. We just couldn't hold on to it. Yeah. Uh, Cliff Godwin uh, talking with him after uh, the weekend series against the uh, Houston Cougars. Uh, Pirates will play NC State uh, tomorrow. As far as uh, the the defense, uh, that, that I would have to imagine is an area that's probably pretty disappointing. The hitting's going to come and go. The effort is something, as you've stated many times, you can control. But but defensively, it was very uncharacteristic this weekend. Yeah, it was. And we'll get back to work today, and uh, we'll play better defense. Uh, historically, we've been one of the best defensive teams in the country, so that's not going to – change we'll get back to the fundamentals and, and work on it today what about that park and just that environment makes it challenging though coach i to be honest with you i don't know because there's no fans there it's yeah. not a it's not an intense environment um i, I look it, houston knows that their backs are against the wall they're fighting for their lives they haven't played great early um, like I told our team, their coach is going to tell them that this is a new season, a new opportunity. They got a ranked opponent coming in. So of course they don't have bad players. They right. haven't played up, in my opinion, to the level of what their talent is. And, um, you got to play good baseball to win. It doesn't matter. I mean, look across the country. Um, every day there is five to 10 teams that beat teams that on paper are, you know, they're, they're not as good as those teams, but they beat them anyway. Um, you look at women's basketball, I told our team, I said, after we didn't play with the energy and effort on, um, you know, Friday that I thought I flip on the South Carolina, Iowa basketball game, wh- which team's more talented? South Carolina. The Iowa's girls are freaking throwing their bodies, sacrificing their bodies, diving and not even getting the rebounds. I think South Carolina had 24 offensive rebounds. Iowa had four, but they still won the game because their effort was a lot higher than South Carolina. I mean, I only watched three minutes, but it had to be, because they're not as talented as South Carolina. Yeah. Um, with uh, w- with the bullpen, uh, and as you look at that, are, are some roles starting to get defined? Are there some guys that uh, you, you're hoping maybe will uh, we'll figure some things out? How would you kind of assess that, which has been good on the whole, uh, by and large, before the weekend? Um, I thought Lane again pitched really good yeah. um, this weekend. We extended him probably longer than we wanted to, um, but he pitched great, gave up two solo homers, but solo homers don't beat you, and that's the game that we won. Uh, Danny Bill pitched great, um, got the save on Saturday, and also pitched good yesterday. So um, those two guys are doing a really good job. Of course, Shinkman has done a great job for us, um, and – you know, Willie Lumpkin has been good here and there. Uh, Tyler Brock has not been as consistent as we like, but we'll get him better. And um, Eric Ritchie, same kind of thing, not as consistent as we like, but we'll get him better too. So, um, but there's going to be plenty of opportunities. I mean, when Sailor's down, you've got um, other guys that are getting opportunities. And uh, we're going to be better, obviously, when Sailor and Wilcox can get right. back. And right. uh, so, um, but we'll go from there. One other thing on uh, Wilcoxon, I, I think he'd had a run uh, of where he had thrown out uh, maybe three or four guys that had tried to steal against him in a row. Um, I mean, again, uh, his absence felt this weekend, but, I mean, what, what he had been doing behind the plate out of the, uh, the the series with Mason and then even in the UNCW game was pretty good. No, J-Dub has turned himself into a premium defensive catcher, and, 
a great offensive player as well. And like I said, McChrystal hasn't had the reps back there, um, mostly because of his injury. And he actually was catching great before he missed a month. And when you can't get back there and get the reps, and then, you know, as a coach, you're trying to manage it. You're trying not to just, you know, beat him up in practice, but then he feels good. It's a very fine line. And now that, you know, J-Dub's down, it's it's even a finer line because, you know, you start getting to your third catcher. I mean, there's not yeah. many programs in the country that third catcher is going to catch at the level that you want them to. Uh, Coach, uh, talked about the defense, but uh, Riley Johnson with uh, with one of the uh, the great highlight catches uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, he, he made a tremendous play. Um that really helped win the game for us. I mean, he's an unbelievable defender in center field. Um, Shaq made an unbelievable play yeah. yesterday. And um, the inning, he comes off the bench, you know, gets an RBI, which he's done his entire career. When he comes off the bench, man, just seems to put together a quality bat all the time. And then make the great play to AMAC, um, which was the only play he had. And AMAC made a great play of picking the ball um, to keep it first and second, uh, two outs there. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to get out of the inning, but it, man, it, it made the, you know, for that moment, you felt like, oh, man, we're going to get out of this inning because of that great defensive play. So we did make some great defensive plays, even though uh, we had some errors. Yeah. Uh, Coach, as far as, uh, you know, NC State and there's practice today and, and there's some things you'll be addressing, but just on the, the whole of NC State, the Wolfpack seem to be uh, offensively have uh, have turned it around in ACC play here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and there will be a lot of emotion, uh, you know, in this game on uh, on Tuesday night. Well, I hope there's some emotion. I mean, that's the one thing I do hope. I told him if, you know, you can't get fired up to play an in-state rival in front of a packed crowd, then something's wrong with you. Make sure that you tell me that you want to be in the lineup because uh, there should be a lot of emotion because uh, they're a great program. I don't think we've beat them since 2019 uh, here in the regional. They beat us both times last year, so. Um, I, I would hope when you put the purple and gold on, man, you'd be fired up to play tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, coach, as far as uh, you, you mentioned a couple guys offensively, uh, just kind of uh, recap any guys you thought uh, really offensively showed up, uh, you know, by and large on the weekend. I thought Noak had, you know, a good few days. He had a big hit yesterday mm-hmm. um, that gave us the lead. Um you know, I thought J.C. was steady. Um, Moreland was steady. You know, he had a double on uh, Saturday that scored two runs. A-Mac, it, he really doesn't have a lot to show for it, but he's put together quality bats. Um, had a single, um, and then they threw the ball away that tied the game on Saturday. Yeah. Um, when Nowak was going from first to third and ended up scoring that tied the game. So, um, you know, Starlin had a home run. It's just more of the consistency of the at-bats. It's not the talent level. It's the focus and being able to consistently grind on the opposing pitcher. And um, we don't do that for the first few innings for whatever the reason, but we do it in the latter half of the game, which hopefully this weekend they have learned the lesson that you can't always come from behind because uh, we had to do that and we didn't uh, or we weren't successful um, in holding leads and coming from behind. Coach, uh, do appreciate the time and, uh, looking forward to seeing you later on in the week. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Patrick. Yep. Thank you. There he is, Cliff Godwin.
Number 12, uh, ECU will host NC State tomorrow. Again, that is a 5.30 first pitch, so note that. Uh, game has been uh, moved up uh, 30 minutes from, I think, the original post time, so it is going to be a 5.30 first pitch, 5.15 airtime. We'll have a best of uh, edition for you tomorrow at 5 o'clock for uh, a few moments. Uh, Cookie will have that, and he'll lead you into the uh, show, and then, or into the pregame show, and then uh, game coverage beginning at 5.30 uh, before a nationally televised audience. We do know Zach Root is going to get the start for the Pirates. Uh, freshman 2-1 and one with a 3.26 earn run average. It'll be Baker Nelson going for uh, the Wolfpack. Nelson is a redshirt senior out of Fuquay Varina. And uh, this year, Nelson has uh, amassed a 4-2 and two mark with a 4.09 ERA. Uh, and uh, we'll see how he comes out. He uh, pitched uh, for them over the weekend against Louisville uh, in a Wolfpack loss. So uh, that is the pitching matchup for tomorrow. Pirates are 16-2 and two at uh, home. Pirate pitching and uh, even the starting pitching, while maybe not uh, – Otherworldly this weekend was still really, really good. And, uh, the bullpen just had a, a couple, but really Friday may have been the, you know, the, not the greatest moment type of, uh, deal for the pen. Uh, but by and large that, that has been good and, uh, uh some lessons learned and, uh, it is obviously, as many people have said, uh, you know, a lot of season left to be played. The old, the proverbial marathon, not a sprint situation. So that's uh, where we are. All right, uh, let's grab a break. Uh, we will come back and uh, got a preview of the uh, championship game tonight. Uh, some uh, fallout from uh, some of the uh, junk talking, smack talking shenanigans uh, during the national championship game. All of that uh, when we get back on the Patrick Johnson game. Cookie, we may have to have a meeting about the uh, music selection. Uh, but you don't like seals? It's a little uh, soccer mom for a sports show in afternoon drive. I disagree and also resent that, but okay. Wow. Oh, Shoot. yeah, I'm bringing out the big vocabulary, baby. I resent that. Well, uh, you know... We'll, we'll have a meeting about it. Um, all right. So, got the men's championship game tonight. Uh, look, it's been a wild NCAA tournament. Got the crowning moment of the season, the 68 team bracket introduced on Selection Sunday. It is all the way down to only two teams still standing entering tonight's championship game. It'll be number four seed UConn. Bitter disappointment in the American. And number five seed, San Diego State, for the right to cut down the nets from NRG Stadium in Houston as the national champ. UConn has been uh, there. Well, really, they've been on just an absolute tear in the uh, NCAA tournament. Uh, they have won by double figures in their five games so far. They just summarily spanked Miami the other night in what everybody I think thought was going to be a little more competitive game. The better game was the earlier one, which we'll talk about in a second, but 
Uh, UConn has just been fantastic, and their coach is Danny Hurley. He uh, talks about that run. You know, going like plus nine on the glass, playing elite defense, and then having a lot of answers on offense. You know, we're, there's nowhere where we're, uh, you know, where, where we're weak as a team, and we're deep. San Diego State beat Florida Atlantic 72-71 in the first game of the Final Four Saturday on a Lamont Butler buzzer beater. Head coach Brian Dutcher for the Aztecs. You know that they don't keep throwing in uh, losing record teams from Power Five conferences, that the mid-majors are very good. And I don't consider ourselves a mid-major. I think we're a high-major program. So it's, uh, depending on where you look, a six-and-a-half, seven-point uh, favorite or spread in favor of UConn. San Diego State has been a giant slayer all postseason. Uh, went over number one overall seed Alabama. Aztecs got to the first title game, overcoming a 14-point second-half deficit with the buzzer beater. Uh, the lone buzzer beater so far in March Madness over FAU. Huskies are 4-0 all-time in championship games appearances. They they have caught I – mean, they did beat Duke that one year, but they have caught some breaks. Played Butler at a game that was borderline unwatchable. Another game that was borderline unwatchable, they knocked off Georgia Tech. But, I mean, the, you know, there's the think pieces of what do you do with them now that you get in if, if they win, which I think they will roll tonight, uh, they'll, they'll have five championships. It's as many as Duke has. It's more than some of the other blue blood programs or as many. Uh, so we will see if they will keep their uh, unblemished record intact at the championship games. Lots of metal though from this uh, Aztecs team. Uh, and, uh, you could also argue it was kind of, they, they caught a break to get here on a, on a foul called on Creighton. Late in that Elite Eight game. Uh, games tips at 920. So for old guys like me, I, I don't know. That's, it's a tall order. Tall, tall order. Uh, Jim Nance final call tonight in Houston where he went to college, uh, of the NCAA tournament. He's just going to be handling NFL and golf duties for CBS from here on out. Of course, he'll go to the Masters. Uh, after, uh, after tonight, he'll head to Augusta National and, uh, be on the call this weekend. So, uh, that, that would be one of the things I think is kind of interesting. Uh, tonight it'll be Jim Nance's final, uh, go around there. And what a, it's hard to believe he's called over 30, uh, national championship games. Uh, the women's game last night, good ratings for the semifinals Friday. Caitlin Clark, a lot of the reason because of that. And she's, uh, a lot of the reason there's all this hubbubaloo, uh, in the, in the aftermath of, uh, LSU's national title win. First of all, uh, you know, the game I thought was pretty heinously officiated. Uh, Caitlin Clark said as much without saying as much after the game. Got trouble. Not really what you want in the national championship game, especially for our two seniors who have given so much to this program and they have to sit the rest of their, finish their career on the bench. It's not something that they deserve by any means. So, uh, because I had, uh, softball duties on, uh, television, uh, for plus over, uh, the weekend Saturday and Sunday, I, I was listening to the game on my way home before taking in the, uh, end of it, uh, on, on Saturday, um, the, or Sunday, excuse me, the championship game yesterday. 
And uh, the announcers on that, it was Westwood One, who has the national broadcast rights for radio. They were talking about how the calls in this game, uh, particularly going against Iowa, were a little suspect, let's just say. And, And so it really wasn't a deal where I thought it was one call, but just the whole thing was pretty poorly officiated. Uh, look, a lot of eyes were on the game, so not a, not a great moment for the officiating of, of the women's game, which can get a little inconsistent at times. Uh, Angel Reese, the gesture towards Caitlin Clark. What is the Cena gesture, Cookie, since you're the wrestling? What, you can't see me? Yeah. Caitlin Clark would do that after making threes. And, uh, Angel Reese did that to her, which is fine. I have no problem with that. Pointed uh, at the ring and was following her around the court. Again, Reese, you know, the ju- smack talk doesn't bother me as much. I mean, that's part of competitive sports. It's not everybody's M.O., but, I mean, there are, there are players who. But I did think it was a little much for her to kind of follow Caitlin Clark around. Now, we don't know what smack Clark may have been talking to her in the game. And a lot of people lost their minds over it. I think a lot of people didn't realize Clark had done that. Uh, but Reese said afterwards she was be she was unapologetically her, and that she'd grown the game. And no offense to Angel Reese, but before this, you know, I knew everybody knew who Caitlin Clark was because she's fantastic. That's who grew the game. I mean, Angel Reese, they what they achieved was great, but did really grow the game. I mean. If not for this, I don't think anybody would know anything about Angel Reese. Here's the sad thing about that, too. I mean, it was a really great tournament for the women. Uh, kind of an exciting Final Four with Dawn Staley, who tried to take things uh, in a, a different uh, political direction after the game. I don't know what that had to do with her team losing, but be that as it may. Um, it, it just... Uh, the shame of it is, is because of this, uh, I guess, again, behavior. And I don't mind the smack talk. I really don't. But, you know, Reese following Clark around, the officials who were pretty porous during the game probably should have stepped in and could have popped her with the team. It would have been justified. But with uh, nobody's talking about what LSU did because of all this other, all these other things. But uh, good women's tournament. Caitlin Clark, uh, an absolute rock star of a player. I mean, just tremendous. Just tremendous. All right, uh, Cookie's got a 94-3 The Game sports update. We're going to have a little bit later for you uh, a pirate report. But right now, here is Cookie with a uh, 94-3 The Game sports flash update. Cookie? East Carolina shot a season-best 11 under par to win the 2023 Cutter Creek Intercollegiate. Freshman Lucas Augustin posted a 54-hole score of 3-under to claim top individual honors. Pirates men's and women's track and field swept the ninth annual Bill Carson Invitational. Pirates combined to win 24 of 40 events over the weekend. Over the weekend, Pirate lacrosse improved to 2-0 in AAC play with a 15-10 win over Vanderbilt. Cameron Pennypacker was named the AAC Conference Midfielder of the Week. Sophia Lociaro was named to the conference honor roll. Pirate Baseball fell to 12th in D1 Baseball after dropping 2 of 3 to Houston over the weekend. Former ECU Baseball star and St. Louis Cardinals outfielder Alec Burleson went 3 for 4 in a home run yesterday in his first career multi-hit game in the majors. 
LSU defeated Iowa last night, the women's NCAA championship, winning comfortably 102 to 85. The men's NCAA tournament championship takes place tonight. San Diego State takes on former Pirate Tristan Newton and the Yukon Huskies. The game begins tonight at 9:20 p.m. And finally, in some breaking news from earlier today, WWE and UFC will officially combine to form a $21 billion entertainment company with Endover Group Holdings. Existing WWE shareholders will hold a 49% stake in the new publicly traded company. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. This sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIO initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For info on how to donate, please visit TeamBoneyard.org. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. Now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, welcome back. And uh, ECU uh, with the uh, Inside Pirate Athletics radio show coming your way tonight uh, at 6 o'clock. Cliff Godwin will be the special guest. We'll also have members of the... ECU baseball team including Carter Spivey, Lane Hoover, and Carter Cunningham. Uh, that is inside Pirate Athletics at Logan's Roadhouse at 6 o'clock right here on 94.3 The Game with uh, Coach Godwin and Pirate baseball players. So uh, stand by for that. Uh, we'll have that for you on the radio tonight. I believe, Cookie, if I'm not mistaken, unless they've changed it, this is the final episode of the season. So, uh, Oh, is it really? I be- well, I thought I'd heard that, so I might be speaking out of uh, – out of out of school there, so but it's a rumor a, that this could be the last one. No, no, I, I've been told that, but I just I don't know. You can't confirm was, it, okay? Can't, yeah. I mean, that was uh, what David Horn told me last week when I I happened to speak to him about something else. So um, we'll see. I may have misunderstood. You know, I'm I'm not too bright, cookies. You know. Oh yeah, we know. Um, that. Mm-hmm, exactly, exactly. All right. Uh, Pirate uh, football, and uh, we'll run through the itinerary. They've put this out of the uh, 38th annual Pigskin Pigout event this weekend. But uh, as far as uh, the preparation before the spring game Saturday goes, uh, Pirates back at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium Saturday morning, their second scrimmage. And uh, Mason Garcia, a couple of uh, touchdown passes. Defense, 12 tackles for loss, four field goal attempts that were Successful Garcia, uh, seven of twelve for 127 yards and the two touchdowns. Alex Flynn led an eight-play drive that started at his own 20 and concluded with a Andrew Conrad field goal. Uh, this is exciting to hear. Garcia a 60-yard strike to Josai Hatfield, uh, and uh, Garcia a 10-play drive and Kerry King with a four-yard uh, reception for a score. Finn, by the way, 5 of 8 for 64 passing. Uh, and uh, nine different players uh, had a rush, 114 yards rushing for the scrimmage, 41 carries. Garcia actually uh, carried it five times for 25 yards, and that led all rushers uh, there. Not not a terrible surprise. Uh, but uh, you get some encouraging numbers to see offensively. The Pirates will be back. To begin the fourth and final week of spring drills tomorrow. And of course, the purple gold game Saturday, 11 a.m. at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. It is free admission. And again, I'm going to run down here in a second the uh, itinerary, if you will, for the weekend. 
of uh, the events going on at uh, the Pigskin Pigout. But first, this is Coach Mike Houston, his thoughts on the uh, scrimmage Saturday. Good day, second scrimmage in the books. Um, you know, somewhere around 100 snaps again today. Uh, a lot more uh, like a game uh, with special teams and everything, and didn't really have a scripted uh, field position for anything except for the two-minute drill there at the end. But, uh, you know, had, uh, had all the situations come up, which is really, really good. And uh, I thought we you know, looked much sharper this week than we did last week, and I was pleased with last week, so it's a positive. Um, you know, both, uh, both two-minute situations there at the end, we hit the kick, okay? So that's a, that's a positive, too, to be able to operate in that situation and get yourself in a situation to win the game and then actually hit the kick to win the game. So that's a positive for our specialists. So I think overall a very positive, uh, you know, second scrimmage, positive third week of practice, uh, and get ready for our final week uh, and our spring game next Saturday at 11 a.m. Uh, Coach Houston says every special team's position is up for grabs. Well, I mean, it's they all understand what's at stake. You know, there's you know our our, our punting position, our snapping position, our holding position, our, our place kicker, our kickoff specialist. You know, every single position is up for grabs, and it's you know that's why I told them today. I said I don't want to hear anything about the wind and the weather today because it's you know it's tough conditions out here. We're going to find out who can operate with a little bit of adversity, and uh, so I thought that was very positive. Uh, and we had you know live kickoff versus live kickoff return. We had four reps of that. We had six live punts versus a live punt return. I don't know how many field goals we got, but we got several. Uh, so we got all the situations in today from a special team standpoint. All right. Uh, and then Coach Houston says these scrimmages are a lot more valuable than practices are. Well, I think it, it helps everybody. There's no doubt. I mean, it's just different when you get officials and you get in the stadium and the coaches aren't standing there with you. Everything's on a signal. Uh, I think it helps the quarterbacks the most uh, because you can't, you can't, you can't. You, you can try to replicate that in practice, but there's nothing like true game-like situations. And so, uh, just like you know, with both quarterbacks there in the two-minute situation, I mean that's that's real situations that we'll be in this fall. You know, chances to go drive and win the ball game, and you're you know competing. So uh, I think it, it, it helps everybody, but uh, most of all, it helps our two uh, signal callers. All right, uh, Mike Houston on how the receiver room. The receiver room performed on Saturday morning. Uh, a little disappointed in some of our drop passes today, uh, but you know, again, we had some guys make some great catches today. Uh, you know, so you got you got some guys that are really kind of separating themselves uh, in the receiver room, and I think that's uh, that's positive too because you got to kind of know who your guys are going into the summer. Yep, and. Uh, Commented to coach on the secondary's performance Saturday. Well, we should have we should have had a pick on the first uh, snap of the scrimmage, uh, but you know our, our guys were very very aggressive. Uh, you know, I, I, I need to go look at the film to see just how well we played or, or didn't play in the secondary, but uh, I'm sure there's some positives. And coach Houston says he's excited for the new roster and the new season. Well, I'm excited. I mean, it's you, you don't. I think I saw a thing the other day. 97% of our offensive produ- production is uh, was out there on pro day uh, from last year, and so you, you again you just, you're a little unsure going into this. But uh, as you sit here three weeks in, I feel uh, you know very excited about our roster. Uh, you know, certainly it's not finalized yet, but uh, I feel good about the, the pieces we do have here, uh, and excited to uh, see how everything finishes up next week. So the 38th annual Pigskin Pigout uh, event 
This weekend, the itinerary has been released from uh, ECU football and ECU athletics on Friday at 8.30 in the morning. The Pirate Golf Classic registration uh, will actually start at 7.30. And then uh, football meet and greet on Friday afternoon at 5. Uh, of course, you got baseball against UCF at 6 o'clock on uh, Friday evening. They're going to start that series actually on Thursday and uh, have a baseball game at noon on Saturday. So there will be a lot going on on the athletics uh, campus Friday and Saturday. Uh, the Parade of Pigs at 6.30, showmanship judging for the uh, pig cooking uh, at 7.30. And then Saturday, starting at 9, they're going to have the pirate equipment sale at 10. The barbecue plates will be for sale. Kids Zone will open at that time. There's a car show again this year. Uh, there's also uh, vendors going to be on hand, over 40 of them. This all starts at 10 on Saturday. The uh, Touch Arg trucks begins. They're going to have 20 to 25 trucks this year. Uh, the pig cooking and showmanship winners will be announced in front of Town Bank Tower. At 10.15, they're going to have Petey's birthday party, Purple Gold Spring Game at 11. And then uh, Pirate Athletics will have at uh, 12 a lacrosse game with Cincinnati. Lacrosse off to their best start. Also, shout out to my guy, Kurt Kraft, uh, track and field. They won their event the Bill Carson event on the men's and women's side this weekend. Uh, baseball versus UCF at noon, as we mentioned, Saturday, and then uh, they'll have an Easter egg hunt this year at uh, 1230. So it sounds like a lot of fun. You can go to ECUathletics.com uh, or ECUpirates.com, excuse me, for uh, for information uh, there. Uh, as uh, Cookie told you a little bit ago, uh, ECU golf uh, with a win. They shot a season best. Round of uh, 11 under, 277. They came from behind to win the Cutter Creek Intercollegiate over Jacksonville State by a stroke. Lucas Augustin, uh, a three under score through the 54 holes to claim the top individual honor. So he's won consecutive events. So congrats to him. Uh, Pirates, uh, nine and three, as I mentioned in lacrosse, two and oh in the league. They got a big 15-10 win over Vandy. Track and field, as we mentioned, swept the men's and women's titles as they hosted the ninth annual Bill Carson Invitational Friday and Saturday at the Bate Foundation Track and Field uh, Facility. Pirates combined to win 24 of the 40 events uh, that were uh, highlighted on the uh, weekend. Big uh, big deal there. Uh, ECU's men's scores, uh, 180 over Appalachian State with 168, the women 280 over Appalachian State and Mount Olive at 130.5. Uh, softball, unfortunately, got swept by UCF, so they're now 0-6 in league play, and baseball dropped 2-3 of to Houston. Uh, we mentioned the uh, Pirates, or Cookie mentioned, the Pirates have uh, now uh, dropped to 12th in uh, one of the polls, the, base, the D1 baseball poll. Uh, LSU remains at number one, Wake Forest at number two. Florida stays at number three, Vandy at four. South Carolina and Arkansas rise in the polls. Uh, the uh, Razorbacks from, five, from six to five, and the Gamecocks from nine to six. Virginia falls to seven. Stanford's at eight. B.C., Boston College, how about that, is at nine. And Kentucky right now is number 10 with a 25-3 and three mark. Pirates are number 12 right behind Tennessee and right in front of number 13, North Carolina. Campbell's number 14. Then you got Gulf Coast, uh, Oklahoma State Coastal at 17, Louisville, UConn at 19, Miami at 20, Texas, Texas Tech 21, 22 respectively, UCLA is 23, 
the uh, West Virginia Mountaineers stay there at 24, and then Oregon has uh, reached the uh, top 25 this week after a 3-0 and week. Iowa dropped out after going 1-3 and last week. All right. Uh, we will uh, run through a couple of the other. No, oh, the, the Alec Burleson note. Of course, three of eight over the weekend, three of four yesterday, the solo homer, and uh, two RBIs for his first career multi-hit game. Uh, good weekend for Connor Norby, who launched a couple of home runs for the Tides, AAA uh, Norfolk Tides. He went four for 13 as they played in Durham against the Bulls. Did the tides this weekend. All right, uh, a break, and then we will come back and get set to uh, send it out to Inside Pirate Athletics, the radio show, right after. Th- and now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P Man here on 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, Masters this week. Harold Varner the third is in. He was in the top 50 in the world last year before he departed for live. So that's what uh, gets him into the Masters as an invite this year. So HB3 will be playing. A lot of live guys will be uh, playing this uh, weekend. Uh, and it's really the first uh, mingling of uh, the guys from live and the guys uh, that have uh, stayed on the PGA Tour and those that are uh, – have been vocal publicly. Uh, some of the live players saying that because they had an event in Orlando, so they had domestic uh, media avails last week. Did the live guys? Uh, it might have even been Kepka who won the live event by shooting 15 under. I think he's the first uh, live two-time uh, winner on the live tour now. Is Brooks Kepka? But uh, Brooksy or one of them said that you know that. He still interacts and talks with guys that are, are with the PGA Tour. He talks to them regularly. So that's, uh, I think a lot of this is media. It'll be hyped up, obviously, with the media, much like they did the thing with uh, the LSU player and, and the Iowa player in the women's Final Four. Uh, by the way, HV3 tied for 16th. He was seven under. So that's his number in Orlando going into the weekend. It was Corey Connors getting his second career victory at the Valero, Texas Open, shooting 15 under par for the weekend. Uh, so he gets into Augusta via that victory in San Antonio. Uh, Cookie noted uh, rather proudly that his um, he watched uh, WrestleMania last night, which they had it over two nights. Is that right, Cookie? Yeah, I don't like that at all, two actually. Nights. I do not okay. like that at all. That is a horrible yeah. decision. Seems like a lot going on there uh, with that, but... Uh, the big story today, Cookie had it at his update, and it involves uh, ECU alum Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, he is their their company is merging into the company that owns UFC. Uh, what's the name of the company, Cookie? Endeavor. Endeavor Holdings. Yeah, Endeavor, which uh, is a basically uh, the the parent company of uh, UFC. So Dana White, you might see, is still involved in UFC, but that's because he's still the president, but he's not the the owner like he was at one time. Vince McMahon, who's had a little trouble with and retired at some one point last year, as word of some of his uh, 
I guess, settlements with some people who had accused him of some things in the company. That's one way to put it, yeah. Yeah, that's a way to put it. Um, he, uh, he had retired, but then he stormed back at the beginning of the year to, to position the company to essentially sell it, which they, they have done. Although it'll continue to kind of operate under, uh, its own silo under this Endeavor brand. But what was the number cookie? 9.4 million or something, or billion? Excuse me, 9.4 billion? I didn't see what WWE's part in it was, but the total thing is 21 billion, like with both of them together. Okay. So, I mean, I, there was word that uh, uh, Vince McMahon was trying to sell that company for around $9 million. Maybe that's where the number came from in my mind. But uh, this, I, it's very interesting. And, and you know, this is, Cookie was kind of asking me some things before. And, and what this is about for Endeavor is the rights fees. Uh, you know, UFC has gotten its... Pay-per-views moved to the ESPN Plus format, where they have a weekly, almost weekly card that you can buy as sort of a premium pay-per-view style broadcast on ESPN Plus each week. And then they're also airing stuff on ESPN, the prelims and all that. I don't know what this would mean for WWE because they have a deal that still pays the money from Fox. They have uh, a deal from USA Peacock. NBC Comcast, basically. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, that's – wouldn't it be nice, the Vincent Kennedy McMahon practice structure or facility or something? Uh, the only thing I've seen at ECU of him is uh, a plaque in the bait building, the business building. Yeah, yeah. It would be nice to have uh, – the McMahon practice facility, or the Mr. Beast practice Or j- just something like that, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, just something, yeah. You're right. You're right. All right, uh, thanks today to Cliff Godwin for being on with us. More of uh, Coach Godwin coming up in just a little bit on Inside Pirate Athletics, the radio show. That's coming your way at the top of the hour. No show tomorrow, baseball at 5.30, so pregame at 5.15, a best-of segment for the PJ Show at 5.00. And then we'll be back with Mike Swartz, Pirate Basketball Coach, on Wednesday. Thanks to Cookie. Have a great rest of your evening. We'll see you tomorrow morning on Talk of the Town and back here Wednesday for the Patrick Johnson Show. about where to eat today and then you hear then you're thinking yeah two hot dogs chips and a drink for only 625 would be awesome and maybe some homemade lemonade perhaps a pizza or a sub and definitely an apple or peach turnover don't overthink where to eat today go to warren's hot dogs in greenville across from ron ayers or in chocolate next to the fire station warren's hot dogs serving the pirate nation since 19